0: hey warriors and welcome back to another episode of warrior within i hope your week has been great so we have some good news we actually did get the apartment and we are planning to move out there to texas in around the june 28th to 30th range so if you guys could pray that everything goes through well that uh the driving um we actually found a moving company as well and they'll be picking up stuff between the 23rd and 25th and it was a lot cheaper than we were expecting plus we'll have people that can actually move our stuff which would be great um you know because like i've told you guys before You know, my back has not been the best 100%. It's been healing, it's been doing great. But, you know, some things I just don't want to re-irritate it and have to kind of almost restart again. But anyway, you know, thank you for your prayers. Um, I'm excited that things are coming through, but a little bit scared too, because it is going to be a new adventure, a new opportunity, and basically basically a new world for us. The blessing is that God has provided us with people that we've become friends with who are only an hour and a half away. And even one of my closest friends is actually lives uh down in corpus christi now they actually just moved like a week ago so and you could pray for him too you know that this time that they've moved will be a time for them to heal together but also that he could discover god's plan for him next um i'm really excited for him as well <clears throat> anyway so this week You know I mean I really enjoyed last week I actually have had a couple people make comments About it uh, but you know ghost hunting uh, Episode that we did And so this week I think I'm going to call it uh, Ghosting truth And one of the Things that has been kind of on my mind is Kind of what we're going to be Battling in today's Christian culture like one of the main Issues that we're starting to see more and more of Is a Deconstruction of truth And The acceptance of views that don't match scripture directly and that's a big concern because when you start questioning values and principles that we have stood on for centuries and are now starting to kind of say well you know today's culture we need to kind of fit in somehow we got to make it work we got to make it somehow be a part of Uh, our christian faith and we can't do it if we're against everything and in my mind you know it's like yeah you know i get that you're trying to figure out a way to love on people of this world but you can't do it by compromising the truth which is the point of what we're supposed to be doing here as christians And men, you know, it is a big deal to me that you, as the man of your home, as the men in your church, as the men in your community, you should be striving to seek out understanding of what it means to be standing firm and understanding sound doctrine. Now, I'm not going to go into sound doctrine on this point, but the the point is to recognize understanding of what I mean by ghosting truth. So a lot of times, you know, we have used the phrase ghosting as avoidance or kind of disconnecting that relationship that could possibly be there because it's not necessarily what we want. The last we talked about ghost hunting, where we're trying to discover truth and trying to find it anywhere else but the truth because it's more exciting that way. It's the same concept. We're we're ghosting truth because we're willing to ignore the truth to be able to discover all this other excitement. And it's kind of interesting that we we actually have to talk about this when clearly in scripture it tells us to be wary of false doctrines and misuse of law and to uh, teach views that are accepting of things just because we want to use the banner of love to say that it's okay so the first set of verses that came to my mind were in first timothy first timothy 1 3 through 11 and we're going to read them it says as i urge you when i went to macedonia remain in ephesus so that you may instruct certain people not to teach false doctrine now this is paul telling timothy or to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies now to understand the concept of what he means about endless genealogies is that we it's different today than what was kind of probably talked about in israel a lot a lot of times back then the lineage of your line your connection was talked about and had huge value it's kind of like us with our states you know, we go, oh, what state are you from? There used to be a time where I would say, here's a good history of time, Civil War. Every state was considered a country to a fellow person. So if you're born in Virginia, you weren't born in the state of Virginia, you're born in the country of Virginia. So if you're born in Texas, you're born in the country of Texas. If you're born in Colorado, you were born in the country of Colorado. That's how they would perceive it. And for example, Robert E. Lee, who is the famous Confederate general, right? He actually was asked by the Union, the the, the guys in blue, to become their general. And he told them, I cannot say yes now. I will go, I'm not going to say it's not word for word, but basically I will go wherever my country, Virginia, chooses. So he is basically saying that if they chose to be with the Confederacy, he will be going with the Confederacy. If they joined the Union North, um, then he would join the Union North. So he couldn't commit to it because he had more honor to his his country of Virginia than the Army. Which is kind of sad because today people have more loyalty and honor towards a celebrity than they do for their beliefs. And... They have more love for choosing ideologies and agendas over scriptural truth. We have more honor and loyalty to a pastor than we do to Jesus. And it's quite interesting that such talks, uh, talking about all these old historical figures, these men, like Robert E. Lee was a very strong Christian man. He believed that God would choose the results of this war because it was his plan and his purpose for what it was. And yet today, that uh, person, uh, a young person even today, uh, a Christian even today, adults today, would find it more caring and loving to support a TV show over their state or their country. And it's no wonder that we sit here and we go, how is it that we have fallen so heavily away from loving the United States as the country that God had placed it to be to really think that it's toxic and racist and evil and why it's so easy to convince young people that it is what it is, that history was all written for, uh, one color of skin and sadly the thing is guys it comes down to actually what scripture is going to be telling us how it's going to be around this time i mean we've talked about how truth won't be loved because people would rather have their ears scratched Now, to understand that, it means that they want to hear what they want to hear, not necessarily what is the truth. No, we find it that it's less likely to hear someone talk about sin on the pulpit because we don't hurt feelings. And we're so desperate to keep the money that comes in from that person or peoples that we compromise because we need that money. So, uh, trusting God if you speaking the truth I will provide whatever your church needs. I will provide whatever you need to be able to work the full-time job as a pastor. But we had rather keep our our control or capability or power over trusting God because we don't want to hurt feelings. So as we continue in, in verse 4 um they understand that endless genealogies, the concept was that people were spending so much time talking about things that were not meant to actually needed to be talked about, that they were more interested in trying to debate these genealogies of structure instead of the truths of what Jesus was teaching and what Paul was teaching. That it would create these false doctrines because they would spend so much time on the wordage and Christian knees of of the scripture or the the teachings. They try to create a view or a doctrinal view that wasn't based on the actual teachings. It's it's like saying, you know, that Jesus died on a cross for you and me. And that all we do is accept Christ as our Savior. This is the simplicity of the gospel, but they would go and nitpick every single part of the wordage, and they go, "Well, what kind of cross was it? <clears throat> was it made out of this wood? Because it matters." And like they start getting all these these little tiny details of structural thinking that they start creating a doctrine off of it that has more meaning than the actual message, which is that this man Jesus, who is God. As man died on the cross for you on the cross, period. As you continue the verse, it says these promote empty speculations rather than God's plan, which operates by faith. Because now we also have the doctrines of, like, when is Jesus coming back? People writing books, prophesying that Jesus is coming in like 2022 on January first. This is why, and these are all the reasons we start getting all these other doctrinal false teachings and stuff just start popping up and people just jumping on it because there's some type of purpose behind it there's like an agenda it's exciting you know like i said people find it more exciting to chase after like ghost hunting after things to show proof of the spiritual world and understanding of that there's more to life than this And telling out people that they're a sinner. If they don't accept Christ, they're going to go to hell. See, it's the same concept. If we can kind of ghost the truth, we can make it sound more exciting. Which kind of leads into other things that are going on currently, too. Um, Especially if you guys haven't still watched the movie yet, church people, you get to see how trying to teach the gospel went from that to... Making the biggest next promotional, the the biggest uh, um, exciting thing that we can do to promote the gospel message. And instead of talking about the gospel, it was all part of a show. You have a lot of shows going on and nine enough truth. So then it goes on in verse 5. It says, now the goal of our instruction is love. That comes from up your heart. A good conscious and a sincere faith. Okay, to clarify... You know most people go see it says no the goal of our instruction is love see love is very whoa, 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 whoa. it says it is love that comes from a pure heart a good conscience and a sincere faith so we got to understand something here you 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 can't just have love you gotta have love because you have a pure heart a good conscience and a sincere faith which all goes back to the Bible's hundred percent true you need to spend time with god's uh in prayer and his word and his, you know, his commandments, his teachings. And in a three, you know, sincere faith means you're living by faith. So in other words, we're not picking what, we're not trying to make the Bible fit an ideology. We're making sure the ideology that we're, we're starting to get behind fits the scripture. And if it doesn't, you're not supposed to be doing it. So if we're supporting things that we're not supposed to be supporting based on scripture, then we're not following God. We're following ourselves. Continuing in verse six, some have departed from these and turned aside to fruitless discussion. They want to be teachers of the law, although they don't understand what they are saying or what they are insisting on. But we know that the law is good, provided one uses it legitimately. We know that the law is not meant for a righteous person, but for the lawless and the rebellious, for the ungodly and sinful, for the unholy and uh, irreverent, for those who kill their fathers and mothers for murderers, for sexually immoral males who have sex with males, for slave traders, liars, perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to the sound teaching that conforms to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God which was entrusted to us. So the key thing in all of this, the, the ghosting of truth, is if we read those things and we go, oh yeah, yeah. But to be honest, how much of what I just read do we actually kind of sweep it underneath the rug or kind of excuse it or accept it under a certain line? Now, I mean, think about it. Now, when we talk about the word holy, we need to understand that holy, it's a separation of what's basically not holy. So if you're going to be unholy, that means you're not going to be holy and God is holy. So that means you're not trying to be like God. You're trying to be like the world. You know, this is these are like things that we need to understand. Sexual immoral, the guys (laughs) that—that means sticking on a woman. That means having sex out of marriage. That means um, uh, participating in things that you shouldn't do that are sexually oriented outside of your marriage, whether it is adultery or not. Anything that means even talking about it. Like you shouldn't be talking about someone else's wife sexually even if it is just out of fun and having humor that's not what you're supposed to be doing or how about watching stuff on tv when you know you probably shouldn't be doing it but you do it anyway because it's a show it's not real see we start trying to justify our actions with logic and other philosophies that are not from the sound doctrine that we're being taught or the sound teaching that's in scripture you know well a white lie as long as it doesn't hurt anybody it's okay no a white lie is a lie you're still lying and you're still hurting someone it may not be directly evilly hurting but it can hurt over time because when you when you do a web and you knock down a few of those webs it's going to it's not going to look pretty anymore it's going to fall apart see that's the thing guys we got to understand that if we're going to make the time who literally want to follow christ we need to understand that if we continue to do what we're doing which is making it light making ghosting the truth to the point where it's like well as long as we start using the phrase as long as it doesn't hurt anybody then a as long as you know hey it's all about love we're supposed to be loving one another we can't judge well guys remember we are aren't the ones judging god has already judged this world we're the messengers we're the ones just be telling people hey guess what there's someone who actually died for you are you willing to accept him as your savior because he can change your life dude that's the main thing about all of this it's You got to understand that if we're going to sit here and just allow these false doctrines and misuse of the law and trying to kind of compromise it enough so that we're not offending people, they're going to stay broken and they're going to stay lost. And the thing is, you can't assume, well, they've been going to church all their life. But yeah, you know, they are sleeping with their girlfriend and they've been living with each other for five years, but it's been five years. No, it's not a big deal. See, the thing is, when you start compromising, you're assuming because they went to church since they were like 10 That suddenly now, you know, that they're saved No, you can't do that They they need to know, hey, by them living like that That's not right, that's not okay You Now I've met a lot of people who Have been engaged for like five, six, seven years But never married, but been with each other And so they just kind of, well, you know And I get that sometimes it could be money Could be, um... Uh, what, what was the other thing could be insurance issues and I understand that but then my next question is are you trusting that or are you trusting God to take care of you because my wife and I you know we, we haven't had money for a very long time and we had to count on other people all the time for the for basically the first 10 years of our marriage because nothing was coming together but you know God provided insurance for all the issues my wife had. And even what I had. And we sit here and we go. Well it's because of insurance. Well do you trust God. Or are you trusting the, the system. To help you. Because it may not be easy. Because I could tell you this. It has not been the easiest first 10 years of our marriage. It's been pretty rough. For the most part. We've had blessings. We had good times. We had good moments in our in our marriage, but there's been a lot of rough time. And we had to count on other people. We had to trust God to provide for every little thing that we got, and He always came through. And I could turn around and say, as much as I hated being there, and I wish no one would go through what we had to go through, He always provided. So now, you know, I want you guys to kind of just think about what in your life have you been kind of compromising or, you know, kind of saying as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, it's okay. I want you guys to think about that before we take this quick break. Think on that. Is there something in your life that you have been compromising enough because it so-called doesn't hurt anybody, therefore not necessarily bad, that you need to stop doing? We're going to take a quick break and I will get back to you right after. Welcome back to the second half of this episode. And, you know, I hope you guys thought about that question. I hope it sticks with you for a while. And we're going to continue this this concept of understanding. So the thing is, we've been warned that in coming times or in the future because you remember that you know their time frame versus ours were the future of their time that there's going to be times where it's going to be harder to see people actually it's going to be easier for us to see people fall away from the truth because they want and are hungry to find something that's exciting because it just seems like our faith is just really boring to them it just like i mean that's the only work i could think of is like they're just bored so it made me go to 2 Timothy 3, and it, and it talks about, I'm starting at verse 1, it's based the whole chapter, but we're going to go by it a little bit at a time. It says, But know this, hard times will come in the last days, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irresponsible. Iris- ir- is- I don't even know what that word means. I have to probably look that up. Uh, Slanders without self-control, which I will say, one of the things, it's kind of funny, but one of the things I've been seeing a lot about people lately is, I don't even know how to describe their feelings. They make the comment about, I can't do this or I'm struggling with this sin. And so therefore I must go find answers somewhere else. Because it just seems like the Bible doesn't have the answers to me. It doesn't seem like I, I can I can just get away from it. It's like I need something to help me get off. And so my mind went to I go yes, but you are given if you you're saved, you're given the the gift of the Spirit, which is self control. Why is it that you're just allowing yourself to do it? Because in a lot of times, you know, it's because they'll say. Well, I know it's it's an addiction. Yes, but addiction can be broken. If you are striving to please Christ, you are striving to, to stop that habit. So, once again, it goes back to understanding that self-control is a gift from the Holy Spirit. So, ask for it. And you can see how the Holy Spirit will help you to defeat something that's just basically enslaved you to it so that word i just i brutally destroyed that word irreconcilable yeah irreconcilable is how you say it so the adjective is representing findings or points of view that are so different from each other they cannot be made compatible any of two or more ideas facts and or statements cannot be made compatible so Going back to the scriptures and people, lovers, money, boastful, ungrateful, unloving. And that word, I, I'm, I'm bad at spelling. I didn't get phonics when I was growing up. But uh, anyway, so the idea is I've been on seeing a lot of that, too. There's people willing to choose ideologies and beliefs that don't aren't compatible to truth, but rather believe in that, which is interesting. Um, anyway, so we go on. This is brutal. Without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Holding to the form of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid these people. Which is kind of interesting that the the lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I've kind of noticed that suddenly everything is sexy or horny or... um. Like, it's just weird i've been hearing a lot more phrases like well when i have the, this best guacamole it makes me horny and i'm just like what see the thing is like people are so in love with the idea of it's like sex and and pleasure that now it's become a part of the conversation of talk which if you are talking like some of these guys you need to stop because it's not cool, it's not godly, it's not respectful, it's it's just, I mean, the word I could think of is like gross, disrespectful, inappropriate. So it's kind of interesting that people are doing that more often. But you know, you got the words like conceited and reckless, traitors. And a lot of times they're like, well, I've never traded, but you've traded God, you've been a traitor towards his truth. You've been more willing to chase after philosophies and ideologies that you've walked away from the truth because it doesn't fit. So now you become a traitor. Um, which the other phrase that interests me is "without love for what is good." And the thing is, I'm seeing that more often. Like, you know, well, that was just the old Christianity. It's the new one. You know, we need to be more open and willing. And it's just like, ah, no, 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 no. So now we go to verse 6. Says, For among them are those whom who wor- worm their way into households and deceive gullible women overwhelmed by sins and laid astray by a variety of passions always learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Um he uses just as a- a- Aeneas uh, Jan- Janus maybe and and resisted Moses So these are also Resist the truth They are men who Are corrupt in mind And worthless in regard to faith But they will not make further progress For their foolishness Will be clear to all As was the foolish, foolishness Of those two men So the, the thing is I I've, I think we're seeing more Of this mindset today And it's interesting By people who call themselves Christians And I think that's what Paul was warning about. You know, a lot of times we're thinking, yeah, but there's no way someone like that's not a Christian and coming in trying to do stuff like this. There's no way we're going to be fooled and be gullible. And the sad part is like, you know, even though he talks about women here, to me, it's like I'm seeing a lot of men being gullible. And if they're not being gullible, they're being very tolerant of these men acting this way, leading people astray. So the, th- the thing is, like, you know, it says their their minds are corrupt. Yes, because their whole desire is for self. Their whole desire is for what they want. Their desire is uh, even for sexual pleasures. Because one of the main things is that we have to be concerned about is are, are we just allowing these men to have authority in our churches, having power in our communities, um, schools, and letting them do what they do to basically promote these evil things above but in the top four, uh, five verses but also leading people away from the truth i mean it seems like it's going on all around us i mean i'm not blind and i'm sure hope that you know you're seeing this i mean we're, we're seeing what happening with like parents stepping up at their schools so if it's happening there it has to be happening in other places too but we need to be aware because these guys you know these leaders these they, they could be even just a christian brother or sister of the church you know their their love is going to be seen in their fruit and a lot of times they try to hide it while they're at church in fact most of the time it's it's that whole i look like the part but really i'm not but the thing is what they do is they ghost the truth So it sounds like they believe and trust in the truth and and stand for the Bible and, and are lovers of God. But in reality, they're lovers of all the stuff that's in the top few verses. We may not necessarily see them promoting these things, but we'll see their actions promoting them. So let's continue in verse ten. It says, "But you have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, along with the persecutions and sufferings that came to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, all who want to live godly life, a godly life in Christ Jesus—will be persecuted." Evil people and impostors will come, become worse, deceiving and being deceived. As for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. You know those who taught you, and you know that from in infancy you have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for, for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God, and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. See, the second part is also really nice because it gives you guys kind of a plan. You know, people who ghost the truth aren't going to be following the teachings 100%. They're not going to have good conduct for the most part. They'll, their purpose won't be for God. It'll be for self. Their faith is in their actions, their stability, their, the money, their leadership position, <coughs> their teachings, what they're saying, everything. But it's not in God. It's not in the scriptures. And I will tell you this. Most of them are not very patient. Because they have their agenda, and if you don't jump on board, then they really don't want you around. And a lot of times, they're not truly loving. They appear to be loving. They seem to care about you. They, they puff you up when they need you to be puffed up. But they really don't love you. You know, I, one of my things I try to do ba- my best that I can do is I try to make sure that I make time to reach out to, to people in my life, especially people who I consider good friends. I try to make time to do that. I know I won't always be able to do that, and it's harder that we all don't live near each other. So A lot of it's based on Discord or, or texting or a phone call. That does not mean that we don't care about each other. It doesn't mean we don't think about each other. It doesn't mean that we're not necessarily friends. To me, people who aren't going to follow these attributes For being basically a Christian You won't see them being loving 100% They can go and say, oh, I love you And then suddenly, three, two years later Not once, reached out to see how you're doing Don't even care and that's where you kind of sit there and go, well, you know, I'm starting to really discover what real friendship really is. And a lot, a lot of people that I thought cared about me, don't. I'm not sad about it. i not hurt about it. It is sad to see, but I'm looking forward to see the type of friends I'll make out in Waco, Texas area. And the other thing is endurance. I also notice a lot of times with people who don't follow God their endurance is very different a lot of times they may not last as long in their position or i see what i see a lot happening is their their endurance that i think that's in christ that we have they don't have it so they never had that endurance their endurance is based on themselves so as long as they get what they want they have endurance along with persecutions and suffering that will come to me in Antioch. So, he tells them straight up, you will get in persecution. So, if you're not being persecuted, and this does not mean like physically being beaten up for <coughs> belief, but if you're fighting for truth, people aren't going to be jumping on the on board with that unless they are changed or impacted by the Holy Spirit. So, think on that. People that are usually against you because you're giving them scripture is because they don't see the truth. And the scary part is a lot of times you're going to find a lot of Christians who are going to be persecuting you. Evil people and imposters will come become worse, deceiving, and being deceived. And I've seen that too. You can see that today there is definitely a lot more deceptive people. I mean, it just seems to be more rampant than I really thought growing up. Like, I don't remember it being that bad growing up. But now as an adult and being 40... I can see, I could say in confidence that I've been seeing more deceptive thinking from people. And as much as it is our job to love other brothers and sisters in Christ, you need to understand it is also our job to confront deception. That's a very important thought to think about. We're not supposed to be tolerant of bad actions. And it doesn't mean we're tolerant of people who may not be saved by the way they treat people as well. It's just a side thought. Anyway, verse 14, but as you continue, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. So move forward in patience, move forward in trust, move forward in faith, move move forward with endurance, with purpose and good conduct. And you will see how God will still use you, even if it does seem like you're getting nailed like crazy. Um, and then understanding verse 16 and 17, of scripture is inspired by God, it is profitable for teaching, rebuking, for correcting, for training, and righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. So, as long as you understand, like when First Timothy and what we just talked about. The ideologies that are getting stuck into our church, that are starting to be be getting its like dirty head inside our Christian culture, is starting to affect our churches. It's starting to affect our younger generations. It is being thrown into our seminaries to kind of milk this ideology into the teachings of the faith. It's a form of grooming that's going on. And as men, we need to be aware of holding on to what is true. Having good conduct, good purpose, good faith, good patience, good love, and endurance for God in the teachings that we've been taught through scripture. You cannot allow yourself to be this foolish And just kind of put it aside as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, it's okay. Because that is ghosting truth. If you know there's things going on in your church that you need to confront, then you need to do it. And if you don't want to do it, then you need to go. Because it will start affecting you, will start affecting your family, the next generations. And these teachings are not going to just walk away. Because as long as no one's confronting them, they're going to keep doing it. And if you are teaching stuff that you're not aware because you've been kind of treating some things in your life as not a big problem as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, these type of sins, um, you're ghosting the truth. Don't allow these other ideologies and views and, and just a compromising feelings in your heart control the understanding of what it means to trust Christ alone but also to walk with good conduct, good purpose, good faith, good patience, good love and, and endurance. Understanding that it, that scripture is inspired by God so it's profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. You see, that's the only way we're gonna be able to counter what's going on in our churches today. It's the only way we're gonna counter what our young people are being taught today at so-called Christian schools let alone what they're getting taught in regular public schools. You need to stand up for the truth before it's too late. I mean, I know the church is not going to just suddenly disappear, but your children, next generations, are going to be living this type of teaching as a norm, and we can't have that. So anyway, that's it, guys. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you help us to not be ghosters of the truth but to recognize that we need to hold on to truth we can't compromise we can't sit there and just say hey, well you know love is love we can't sit there and say well as long as it doesn't hurt anybody we can't use that that's not biblical help us to stand firm in the faith help us to stand firm in what it means to endure to be have peace and patience to be loving but do it all with the right motivation which is for you and not for ourselves Thank you for all that you do. I pray Lord blessing on all the men and women that are listening to these podcasts and that your name will be glorified. let's and I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I hope you guys have a great week and I look forward to talking to you guys next time. God bless.